Psalm 84 this morning. I'm in a series called Psalm Sunday. You know, the Psalms are rich with spiritual truths. Uh, probably the, the greatest truth contained in them are the reoccurring theme that you'll read about when you study through the Psalms. Would have to do with worship and the presence of God. Uh, and, and today it is exactly that. You know, this psalm was written by the sons of Korah. And these were uh, priests who were given care of the Ark of the Covenant and the articles and its utensils that surrounded it. So I want to go ahead and read the first four verses of Psalm 84, verse 1 through 4, and then, and then we're going to pray. This is what the Bible says. It says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. He said, My soul longs and, and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. He said, even a sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And he said, blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they shall still be praising you. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I just thank you for the presence of the Lord accompanying my message. I pray, Lord, as it's, as it's ministered out for hearts to be open, minds to be renewed. Lord, I just thank you for helping me minister uh, from the Bible today in a, in a relevant, practical, and profound way. We're open to you this morning and give you this service. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You know, in my uh, office, there's a picture of me praying at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Anybody ever been to the Western Wall there in Jerusalem? And I was thinking about moments in time and places where I have experienced God's presence in a powerful way. And I have to say, you know, when, when I was there, it was, it was pretty special. I've been there twice. Now, I am Pentecostal and charismatic, which means that I, I pray in tongues. I pray in the Spirit. And I felt like when I got there, I just couldn't help myself. I walked around in that, you know, pavilion out front. There's a big place, and I had my hands in the air, and I was singing and praying in tongues. And nobody even batted an eye from me, because you got people from all over the world they're from Poland, and they're from India and China, and, and, and nobody knows what language you're speaking, so it didn't matter at all. I had a great time. <laughs> you know, you can experience God's presence anywhere, any place. You can have Him in the living room, on your walk to work. You can have Him at the gas station. I've even experienced God's presence at Walmart. There's a certain sacred blessedness that can only be found in God's presence. And this morning, what I want to highlight is the blessedness of His presence. And as we work our way through Psalm 84, what we're going to see is His presence. We read Psalm 51 last week, and we talked about, you know, King David, and he made that famous prayer where, you know, he, he had been caught in sin, and, and he pleaded with God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. That was the cry of his heart. And we said it's such a precious thing to have the presence of the Lord in your life. If you've ever encountered the presence of God in a meaningful, significant way, you know that it will change you. You know that it works something in your heart. It's a real encounter and a real experience unlike anything else. And I do think that that might be what's missing from so much of our modern contemporary form of church is that we work so hard to keep people cozy and unoffended and we've got programs and schedules and, and time things that we're consumed by. And we really don't ever have a lens sometimes for the presence of God in a manifest in real way. You know, I remember uh, the stories that my grandma would tell me, my mom would tell me from 
uh, charismatic renewal in the 1960s. 1967, my staunch Lutheran grandma became uh, uh, charismatic, filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was like, man, it just changed her life. I loved to sit in and, and listen to her stories about that. And I firmly believe in all my heart that God is about to do that in our nation again because, you know, we need something. We need a fresh move of God's presence to breathe through a backslidden, wayward church in, in the midst of a culture that seems to be totally corrupted by sin. You think God can't do it? He can do it. His presence can breathe all over this land. That's why it's great to partner with Sean Foyt and what he's doing and, and, and have that in your life, the presence of God in your life. Now, I'm going to highlight some thoughts here from this, from this chapter. And I want to start in verse number four here. When they wrote, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will still be praising you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Here's, here's what I would first of all say about the presence of God, is that the presence of God really is my reason for praising Him. Now, I am thankful for the presence of God in my life. Now, I am, you know, blessed and I'm happy that He saved me. I'm, I'm grateful for salvation. And I'm grateful that the Lord delivered me from the path that I was on. I'm stuck in destruction. I thank God all the time for how He delivered me out of the miry clay, the bondage of sin I was stuck in. And I thank God for His love, which is everlasting. It's called a great love. I mean, he loves me with everything in his being. He paid a great price for us. And how thankful am I for the love of God? It, the Bible tells us that because of Jesus' blood, we have access into his presence. And it tells us that we can boldly come into his presence in moments when we need it the most. Yeah, see, I'm grateful for the presence of God in my life. I'm grateful for it. You know, in the Bible, when they would encounter the presence of God, what you'd see is people started shouting. They just couldn't contain themselves. All the way back in the book of Leviticus when they were dedicating the tabernacle and as soon as the glory cloud showed up, everyone began to shout and they fell on their faces. Same thing happened with King David. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem and it was surrounded by shouts of praise from the people of God. You know, the Bible gives us a prescribed manner to host the presence of God. It tells us in the 100th Psalm, you should enter his gates with singing and his courts with praise. It does appear that the presence of God and singing praises to God are interconnected. And it's like, if I would just praise God, his presence will show up. And when his presence shows up, I want to praise him more. And, and so we're, we're highlighting the presence of God. He said, those who are in your house are still going to be praising you. What that tells me is the presence of God in your life is something that is continuous. There's a continuous nature to it. The same Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His presence is eternal. It's real. You can experience it in your life. And it's like that song we sing says, they'll ever be praising you. I've had the presence of God in tremendous ways in my life, in my quiet times. And I've experienced God more alone in quiet times than I've actually experienced him in church, if I could tell you the truth. I've had him meet me in moments. But you know how it is when you have God visit you or his presence in your life? Sometimes when you've been that moment, it does begin to wane. You wonder, you know, where, where is it going? Why does it feel like it's slipping away? And what I've discovered is if it starts to feel like the presence of God is waning in your life, it's really not because there's anything 
wrong with God. He's always there. He's present. A lot of it has to do with the weakness of our own flesh. Because what happens is your mind starts getting distracted. You start thinking about the grocery list or you've got to change some kid's diapers. And I mean, it's just like things happen. And, and so his presence is there. People who are in the house of God, he said, will still be praising God. Whenever you're with him, you can praise him. Yeah. His presence in your life uh, is something that creates a hunger for more of it. Think about what David said here in verse 2. My soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord. That's what he wrote about in Psalm 42 when he said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And there's something about being in God's presence which creates this, this for righteousness. Man, I remember when I rededicated my life, that backslidden 17-year-old kid, and I had my fair share of sinful behavior. And it was like, when I got right with the Lord, I was so hungry for righteousness in my life. I was so hungry to live clean and, and, and feel like I could encounter God with me wherever I went. Man, that was a great feeling. It says in verse 10, better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. I've had days outside of his presence, and I can tell you it's better in his presence. One day with him can transform your life. You know, I was getting a haircut this week. And I was talking to my hairdresser, and you know, we were kind of joking back and forth, and she went to answer a phone. I looked in the mirror, and you know what I saw? I started seeing gray hairs. And then I started thinking about my own mortality. I could think about the hereafter that is to come, and I thought, man, I'm probably halfway there. <laughs> you know? I started thinking, and so when she came back, I started thinking about righteousness. I started thinking about being with the Lord in his presence. I started talking to her about the Bible, <laughs> sharing, sharing about the Lord. Because there's a hunger in me for righteousness. That his presence is clean, and there's something wonderful about it. You know, the great thing about his presence is that it can be found in your life. When you read through the Bible, sometimes you kind of get lost in translation. And in verse 3, when it talked about a sparrow finding a home and a swallow a nest, what he's saying is just like a bird seeks for a place to have a, a nest they seek for safe places. They seek for places that are aside and, and, and high up where you can't reach them. They're looking for places to protect their family. And that's the same thing with us in our lives. We've got to find places to have moments with God. You've got to craft a quiet time. You need to get a prayer closet. There needs to be a set-apart time in your life where you can experience His presence. Get alone with God because it'll change you. It'll transform you. That's what He's telling us right here. You can find it when you need it the most. One thing I've discovered, as I was saying earlier, is that when you acknowledge the presence of the Lord, it increases in your life. There's an intensification just by acknowledging it. We've been having prayer almost every Wednesday night. I mean, nine out of 10 Wednesday nights, we're here, we're praying. And what I've found is that the more we've sought the Lord, His presence is really manifesting in, in, in more powerful, significant ways. It's like I can, I can sense it and I can feel it. And as I acknowledge it, it, it just starts growing and, and increasing in my life. And, and I just, as I'm preaching this morning, I feel the presence of God right now. And you know what? You, you ought to just thank him that he's right here in this moment. He's present with us. Because I'm, I'm telling you, his presence is precious. And his presence isn't necessarily every church. But I feel his presence right now. Why don't you just take a moment and thank the Lord that he's here with us right now. His hand is with us. His favor is with us. His goodness is right here. His presence is like, oh, we were singing that this morning. Mm.
How many of you love his presence? I love his presence in my life. Yeah, the presence of God. Now, let's take a look at verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Now, this is kind of an easy chapter to outline because he, he mentions these phrases. Blessed is, are those who dwell in your house. Now he says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart, it says, is set in a pilgrimage. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, that was a, a dry, desolate valley. Baca actually means weeping. He, he said they're going to pass through the valley of weeping, but they're going to make it a spring. And the rain will cover it with pools, and they'll go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Now, here's the thought that gripped my heart about the blessedness of God's presence. God's presence is what helps you get through the valleys of life. You know, I know about valleys because I'm going camping today in a valley. <laughs> and camping is, is like life, man. It's got mountaintop moments, and it's got valley moments. I mean... It's got ups and downs. Life has got highs and lows. It's got your good days and your bad days. and That's actually what Jesus said was going to happen. He said it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. In fact, he said in the world you'll have tribulation. But he said, fear not, I have overcome the world. So as you're making your way through this journey of life, as you're on a pilgrimage, you're going to experience these ups and downs. The pilgrimage in, in David's day, they, they would come to the city of Jerusalem. They would come up here before God in Zion, and they would offer sacrifices. And in the days that we live in, the pilgrimage we're on is for the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. And we can appear before the Lord one day in heaven. When I think about the inevitable reality of the road that we're traveling down, there's going to be those moments where you have your good days and bad days, difficult moments, and you have valleys. And Here he mentions the valley of weeping, the valley of Baca. And you know, that's a place that's dry, it's desolate, and sometimes, if you be honest with yourself, you end up in seasons where it feels dry. You don't sense God's presence. You might feel frustrated, you might feel bitter, you might feel alone, and, and, and those are the moments you're tempted to, you know, cry a little bit. It, 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 it's a tough place. But my Bible tells me if you'll get in God's presence, He can take that dry place and He can make it a pool of water. He, he, you get a, a place like that in his presence, and, and it will start raining. And I've been in those seasons, man. I've been in prolonged seasons where it feels like the heavens are closed, and you just can't seem to get anywhere, and you want to get down on yourself. But I have had to learn how to seek the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 3410 that young lions suffer and want. But it says that mature lions know how to find action. That means that mature people know how to find the presence of God. And sometimes when you're in that dry place, you just got to find your way into God's presence, however you got to do it. That happened to my wife yesterday. Yeah, she was in a dry spot. I think it was Friday night. A little down, a little sad. And so she said, I need an hour and locked herself in the basement. I could hear her singing and shouting and celebrating. You know, she came up a different person. She walked through the Valley of Baca. A few weeks ago, I was in Psalm 23. The Valley of the shadow of death. You know what? That's a real valley. I looked it up. You go to Jer Israel, and in between Jericho and Jerusalem is like a, a real uphill climb. Jericho is at a real low elevation. Jerusalem's in the mountain. And this could be the place where David was taking his sheep 
in some difficult places. This could be the place where he was hiding from King Saul. This is probably the place Jesus was referring to in the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a scary place. But if you get in God's presence, he said, you can fear no evil, for I will be with you. Man, that's a promise that he made. He'll be with you in valley moments. I've been in valley moments like that where you get scared, you don't know what to do. and The valley of the shadow of death. I remember my mother was just there about uh, two years ago. And, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, she'd had an aneurysm. And, man, we thought that was it. She was starting to lose her mind and get goofy and scary. And we thought, oh, no, I need someone to babysit my children. <laughs> but by the grace of God, she's in the 1% of people who has no side effects. And I thank him for that. I've walked through that valley, man. I've seen it. I've been to the other side of the valley. If you get in God's presence, he'll bring you through it. When Israel was coming into the promised land, and they came into a place called the Valley of you know, the Valley of Eskol. Let me tell you about the Valley of Eskol. It's a place where they had to make a decision. They were on one side of the Jordan River, and in the Valley of Eskol, they had to decide if they were going to go into the promised land or if they would stay right there. That valley is a valley of decision. Now, you might be in a moment in a valley where you've got to make some decisions, and you're not quite sure which way am I going to go? Should I go forward? Should I stay back? And I, and I remember, as you know, being in that valley, I'd stayed up the whole night thinking about whether or not we should purchase this building. Because, you know, we had a property over there. We were trying to get built on. It seemed like the doors were shut. I couldn't figure out what to do. And I stayed up the whole night thinking about that valley. And we ended up in this building. And now it's paid off. <laughs> Thank God for it. Because, you know, I was in a I was in a valley, and I was seeking him. If you get in his presence, he'll show you what to do. Yeah. Let, let, let me help you solve half of the, more than half of the problems in your life. Let, let me help just pastor you. It is, if you could just get in the presence of God for yourself, he could speak to you and help you make good decisions. A lot of times people are seeking counseling, or they want marriage counseling. And I'm just telling you, if you get yourself in the presence of God, he can give you some answers. Answers exist in the presence of God. You can hear from him for yourself. He'll give you wisdom so you'll know what to do. And if you just get in a valley like that, but you go after his presence, he will show you the way out of that valley. The Bible's full of valleys. I think about the valley of Sidim. This is the valley where Sodom and Gomorrah were built. And it's a valley of sin. It's a valley where sin abounded. But my Bible tells me if you get in the presence of God, that where sin abounds, that's where grace abounds much more. He can help you get out of that valley. Have you ever been stuck in that valley? I remember being stuck in that valley when I was you know, younger and it felt like I couldn't get out of it. But I watched God bring people out of that valley. Man, one of my best friends lives in California now. When I met him, he was like 20. He'd just gotten saved. He told me he was so strung out on meth, he didn't think he'd make it till he was 25. And I look what the Lord has done in his life. He's like 45 now. <laughs> and God has been faithful. I mean, he brought him out of that valley. Man, when you're in a valley like that, you just got to get in God's presence. And, and grace will come. Yeah. We, we can think about the valley of Achor when Israel was coming to the promised land. And this is the valley where a man named Achan disobeyed God. He kept the first things. You remember that? Joshua chapter 7. God said, when you take Jericho, I want everything dedicated to me. But he didn't obey God. He kept that for himself. 
And it became the valley of Achor, which means a valley of trouble. Sometimes you end up in life in trouble, in a valley. And sometimes those valleys are self-inflicted moments, self-inflicted trouble, where you kind of get yourself in a spot where you shouldn't have been there. But you know what the Bible tells me? In Hosea chapter 2, it says that God will turn the valley of Achor, the valley of trouble, into a doorway of hope. Because when you get in his presence, he can help you rectify some mistakes. He can help you overcome some obstacles. And you might have put yourself in a bad spot, but if you could just get in his presence and learn from your mistakes, it's like, man, he could open up some, some opportunities, some doors before you. What happens when you get in valleys? You, you might get in trouble. You might get stuck. But when you get in God's presence, there's a doorway right there. Or we could think about the Valley of Elah. That's another valley I've visited. This is a valley where a little shepherd boy named David fought a big old man named Goliath. And it would appear that in certain moments in life, you get stuck in the valley fighting giants and being in battles. And, and you wonder, how, how am I going to get out of this battle? How am I going to get through this fight? But I've found that if you be like David and, and ask for God's help and get in his presence, he can turn that battle into a victory. He can turn it into a blessing. Man, I've had battles like that. I've had moments where I thought, how are we going to get through this? And, and as I've sought the Lord and gotten away with him, he's taken some bad, difficult days and he's turned them around for good. That's what he does. He's turned the battle into a victory because I've been in his presence. That's what the presence of God will do for you in a valley. And here it says, in the valley of Baca, they'll go from strength to strength. Sometimes when you're in these difficult moments, when you're in a place where you're uncomfortable or you're frustrated, this is actually the way that you can grow. It's the way you can develop your faith and trust in God because he's bringing you through a valley. How many of you believe God is in the valley? I mean, he's in valleys that you're in. When you don't know and you question and you wonder, and yet he's in the valley there with you. Man, he's the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valleys. And his presence is what will help bring you through. Let's talk about one last thing here. Verse number 11. He said that the Lord is a sun and a shield. And he will give grace and glory. And I love what he said. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly or those who walk with righteousness in their life. And he said, blessed, or, or, verse 12, blessed is the man who trusts in you. See, we got three blessed men right here. We got uh, a man who's blessed to dwell in his house in verse 4. Blessed is a man whose strength is in you. And here in verse 12, we've got uh, blessed is a man who trusts in you. And here's what, here's what I thought about when I thought about trusting in God. I, I thought about trusting in his promises. And, and what I could tell you is that the promises of God are found in the presence of God. And if you want to experience and encounter the promises that God has put before you, you've got to get in the presence of God. His promises are yes and amen. That's what 2 Corinthians says. When he made a promise, when God said, I made a promise, he said he won't go back on his word. He said he cannot lie. A promise is an assurance declaring the fulfillment of that thing. And if God said it, he will do it because he's God. And that's, that's just what he does. Man, I think about the promises of God. Sometimes I've lost sight of certain promises that God has made. Because it's, it's what happens. You, you get in the valley and you get in financial straits or 
you, you end up, you know, falling out with friends or, you know, you end up in these moments where it just things don't work out or it seems like it just takes forever to have God do something sometimes. So you get sometimes to a place where you kind of forget about his promises. But I found that if I will get in his presence, this is the place where promises become realized again. Because what happens in his presence is suddenly your perspectives start to shift and you start realizing that the more of God's presence I have in my life, the more that I start seeking him, the more that I go after him, the more I yearn for him, the more I want him in my life. This is where he starts bringing promises to pass in your life. This is how you can claim and lay hold of the promises of God. You know, God has made, uh, sometimes he makes personal promises to you, per, a personal thing, something he spoke to your heart. This is really the reason why I started the church. Because, you know, I felt God had given me a promise. You know, I, I, I was talking about it with Pastor David. You know, he's back there with the kids. And David and I, when we were young men, God spoke to us in, in dreams about pastoring one day. And David and I, sometimes we have our down days and he's busy at his job and you're chasing around toddlers and you just feel like, man, is this ever going to happen? We strengthen each other. We, we, we just go after the Lord together. We'll, we'll, we'll be found in God's presence. That's where promises start becoming real. Maybe, you know, he's made promises to you about your family. Maybe it's about your children. Maybe it's about your business or your future, or your job. And, 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 and he's, he's, he's given us promises sometimes, personal things, a personal word to you. Yeah. Think about the promises that God made in the Bible. It tells us there's the promise of life. And I like what the psalmist said. He, he said, he is my son and my shield. In other words, he's the source of my life, and that shield represents the favor of God. Like, like he, he, he's a son and a shield. He's your source of strength, and, and, and he'll bring favor into your life. And what that just means is that when his presence starts shining on you, man, his favor starts taking place. He, his presence, his face shining on you. Incredible things happen. He said, he'll be your grace and glory. I like that because the Bible speaks about the promise of grace. You know, the thing about the grace of God is it's what will help you fulfill the call of God. He'll help you fulfill the will of God for your life. You, you know, sometimes the will of God is not the easiest thing to follow. Sometimes he calls you to some difficult things and, and it's not easy or, or, or you're, you know, you're, you're in a battle believe in God for certain things because he's called you to that place, but he will give grace in that moment. And when he gives you grace, when he puts his super on your natural, that's the place where he gets the glory. When, when, when it's his ability working in your life because his presence is there, that's where supernatural things, that's where God gets the glory. And that is what he's interested. He's interested in the, getting the glory. He said no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. There's something about walking upright, being righteous, and the presence of God being in your life. You can't live in sin and expect that his presence will be there with you. I mean, that's what David experienced. He, he, he lived uh, in a moment where he got caught up in sin and the presence of God left. And if you want his presence, you're going to have to walk uprightly. That's why I thank God we sang about that sin, that song, My Sin is Dead and Gone. And man, how wonderful is it to be forgiven? No good thing. That, that means what it says. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. This reminds me of the promises of God. This is what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
when he said, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. Man, that, that means that he can cover not just your needs, but he can give you your wants. Have you ever had God just bless you with something that you desired? And, and, and it's like, man, right there, that's a wonderful place. Richly all things to enjoy. Yeah, this is what James said. James chapter 1 and verse 17. When the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above in whom there's no shadow or variation of turning. It, 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 it's his promise to fulfill what he said. It's his promise of goodness in your life. And he, here's three blessed men. I mean, this chapter is pretty easy to outline. Blessed people who dwell in the house of God. Blessed people who strength is in you. And blessed are people who put their trust in you. You know, I was thinking about the blessing of God. If you could just get in his presence, his blessing would come into your life. Now, I've watched people who get themselves overextended or they end up in a difficult place. And sometimes people, they're looking for the government to bail them out. <laughs> they, they sometimes are looking for, you know, s miracles. I call it a miracle mentality. Sometimes just think if, if a big enough miracle takes place, God will get me out of the mess that I'm in. I just need a miracle. But I'm telling you what the Bible teaches. It teaches us that his blessing can come in your life. The blessing of Abraham, that's what's given to us in the new covenant. And that blessing is something that will, as the Bible says, uh, his blessing will provide wealth and increase you and add no sorrow to it. His blessing will come without sorrow. When I get alone with God, when I get in His presence, when I just start seeking Him, it's like uh, I, I, I step out of uh, the mentality that I'm surrounded by in the natural and, and I get over into a place called the spiritual, in the spirit realm. And if you can get in that place, you can see with spiritual eyes what God has for you. And His blessing will come to pass in your life. The blessing of God and the presence of God are so closely connected. That's, that's what happens to me. I'll pray. I'll get along with him. And it's like I, I could just sense his blessing. I've experienced one great bit in church here. I mean, that's how you get buildings paid off. That, that's how you have healthy churches with very little drama in them. That's one great thing about our church. There's not much drama here. You know why? Because we spend a lot of time praying and seeking God. And his presence is here. And you know what it does? It drives out trouble. So when you get in the presence of God, his blessing will overtake you. There's something about increasing day in and day out and, and, and how God is adding to your life. If you'll get in his presence, that's where things become easy. That's where pathways become straight. I mean, man, his presence is right there for you. And you're blessed to have that in your life, a strength in him, a trust that's in him, dwelling in his house. You know, I found myself uh, in Jerusalem there on my 33rd birthday, and I was praying at the Western Wall, and I just felt God's presence. It was as if his hand of favor, his personal hand of favor was right there. I mean, whoever would have thought I'd be at my birthday in Jerusalem? Boy, it hit me in a moment like that. How good is God? Now, maybe this morning, maybe you don't sense the presence of God in your life. And it could be because there might be some sin issues. There might be some things in your life you've got going on, some attitudes or some hidden things in the heart, or maybe it's just willful sin, like you just want to live a certain way. And you've wondered, where is your presence? Why is it left? Could be because you've made bad decisions with things. Or it could be that you haven't been acknowledging it. You haven't been praising Him and, and, and seeking His presence and pressing in 
for where he's at. I'm telling you, if you seek the Lord, you can find him. That's what the Bible says. Seek me while I may be found. He can be found today. He can be found in this moment. He can be found on your way home and the ride in the car. He can be found on Monday morning when you go into a job that you don't really feel that excited about. You can find his presence at any moment if you'll seek him. All you have to do is praise him. You just got to acknowledge him. You got to thank him. And he'll be there. Maybe this morning you find yourself in a valley. And that valley could be stuck there because of sin. Or you could be in a bitter place, a, a desperate place, a dry place, wondering, God, where are you in this moment? I need your help. Or you might be in a valley of decision. I got to know what to do. And if you could just get in his presence, I'm telling you, answers, answers exist in the presence of God. What should I do in a moment like this? What to do? So maybe you find yourself in a valley this morning trying to figure out, Lord, where are you? What do I need to do? And, and all you have to do is ask for his presence to bring you on through that valley. That's how you grow. That's how you get strengthened. Yeah. Or you know, perhaps this morning it has to do with certain promises that you have forgotten about. Promises that they're a distant memory to you. And you wonder, Lord, where, where are the things that you spoke to me about? Where, I want to I I experience this. In, and I'm just telling you, if you'll seek the Lord while he may be found, you'll find promises. They'll come to pass. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe, maybe they're not real. Not real in your heart. You know, I, I've got a friend here. I just, I feel like I've got to do this for him. Um, and Lonica, if you just stand up, I want to do something. Uh, I want you to come down here. Now, I've known Lonica since Sunday school when I was little. She's living in Iowa right now. And Lonica is a single mom in a difficult spot. And I felt like I wanted to give this woman an offering this morning. I feel like the presence of the Lord is here for it. And you might be thinking, I, I need some money. Probably not as much as this woman needs money. And Monica, I just feel like the Lord's got certain promises he's made to you. And he's going to bring them to pass in his own time. You know, and I, I can even see it, man. You're having a hard time even believing that God would think of you in that way and, and bring those things to pass, the things he put in your heart. But God is faithful to the end. Yeah, he's faithful in everything he does. So I, I, Elizabeth, could you put some buckets up here? I, if you feel moved on your heart, I, I want to just take an offering for this precious woman. I feel the spirit of God. You know what I, so, so, I'll tell you something. If you sow in, when, when, when God is there for single moms, God will remember you in a moment of trouble. And I feel somebody, you're, you're even doubting yourself about promises he's given you. I challenge you to sow. I challenge you to put God to the test and just say, Lord, Lord, if I give to this woman, I believe that you'll help bring certain things to pass in my life. So I just, I just want to take an offering up here. If you've got a check, you can make it to Bethany Church. I'm, I'm going to give cash. If you've got cash, you can do that. But I want to take an offering. If you have a check to write, just put Lonica Timmermans on there. You can make Lonica or you can, single mom. And, and I, I want to pray over this offering because I believe that God's going to bless you. Um, he's not forgotten about you, head to toe. And he's got a plan for your life and your children. And, and man, I feel the presence of the Lord. God cares about you. He's not forgotten. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your hand on this woman. I thank you for the future that's ahead of her. Listen, stop stop looking back and start looking forward. God has got such a beautiful, bright future for you. (laughs) 
and you've forgotten him. You put him in a box, and he's about to bring you outside of that box. Yeah, he's got a, a broad place he's bringing you into in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lonica. If you're touched, you can just hear it do at the end of the service, but you, you can sit down, Lonica. Man, I feel the Lord's hand upon me. I feel the Lord's presence in the house. Yeah. Promises. Think about promises he gave you. Think about promises. Think about moments he's not forgotten about you. You might be in a night season. God's got day seasons he wants to bring you to. Opening up doors. Mm. Open up doors of favor. Just, I'm just going to wait on the Lord for a moment. Can we do that? Just wait in His presence. Man, His presence. Do you feel His presence? Sometimes you just have to honor it and appreciate it. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I want to pray for the Bedillos. Can we pray for you guys? Can you come on down here? These guys moved here from Portland. They were trying to escape the riots. <laughs> they liked Sean Foyt because they actually had to cross picket lines and have people yelling at them and threaten their children. I mean, it was, it was real. And I'd say what, they have a heart to worship the Lord. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you got a house lined up and it looks like the doors are opening for that. All right. And if you just reach a hand out, you know what I feel like the Lord is saying? <laughs> There's a ministry that God has put in your hearts. He's made certain promises to you ooh, about what he wants to use you for. And I'm telling you, he's not forgotten the words he gave you. Can we pray over that? You reach a hand out. Father, I just thank you head to toe over this man of God. Lord, over his precious wife, over his children. Like, like, the, like the daughters uh, of Philip who prophesied. Lord, I just thank you for the promises of God. I thank you, Lord, for leading them and guiding them. And I thank you for your grace being with them. And I thank you for promises. You know, you girls felt like you left some things behind. And I feel the Lord has got promises on things ahead. Promises of good things, not things behind, but things. I feel that this morning. There's good days ahead for you. And the Lord is going to use your home and your, and your lives to minister to him and bring him glory. And I feel like he's affirming that. You, you feel his presence here? Man, I feel that. So thank you, guys. Man, man, I feel his presence. Will you just stand up with us this morning? Woo, I thank the Lord. Just thank him. Just put your hands out and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for being in a moment like this, Lord. Thank you for your hand of faithfulness, goodness in our lives. Father, we thank you. You're so good. I pray over the people of God. I pray the blessing of the Lord that makes one increase and adds no sorrow to it. Father, I thank you for your blessedness in this church. I thank you that we have increased more and more us and our children. I thank you we trust in you. I thank you that your presence is here whenever we ask for it, whenever we come in the house of God. And I pray that multitudes of people would sense it and feel it. Well, I pray it would increase and strengthen in such dynamic ways people could not be drawn to it from miles and miles away. Lord, we want your presence. Just invite, your pre- just invite him. Just say, Lord, we want your presence. We want it in incredible and powerful ways. We thank you for it, Lord. Man, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I feel it. I, I want to leave you just with one story. My wife sent me an article from the Washington Post. And it was the story of a Chinese man. And his name was Guao Gang Tang. Try saying that three times fast. Guao Gang Tang. You know, Guao had a son stolen from his home when his boy was two. He left him alone outside for just a moment, and he came back, and that kid was gone. 
And Guao spent 24 years searching for his kidnapped son. He handed out countless flyers. He flew a flag on his motorcycle with his son's picture on it. He begged for money. He slept under bridges. He broke bones in traffic crashes. He faced highway robbers. He wore out 10 motorcycles traveling 300,000 miles across China. He did it for one year. He did it for one decade. He did it for two decades. And last Sunday, with cameras rolling, Guao and his wife were reunited with their son. They'd found him. He was a grown man by this point. And it made me think about the lengths that a father would go to find their son. And I thought about the lengths that God the Father went through to, to, for his own family, to find his own children. I mean, just, just think about how when the Lord called you out of sin, he was going to leave the 99 to go after the one. And he's a father who cares about you. And I don't know, maybe in the presence of the Lord like this, Something's tugging at your heart. And you know you got to get right with the Lord. I'm just telling you, it's God the Father, and He will go to the ends of the earth to search for His lost children. And He will find you. He, he, one guy wrote about Him as the, the heavenly hound, the holy hound. And, and He's on the trail. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, if you could just take a moment. If you're not right with God, if you backslid, if you drifted away, I'd like you to put a hand up. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray that you experience the Lord's presence like this and know that you can be right with him for eternity and it can never be taken from you. Man, there's something precious about his presence. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Man, do you feel his presence? I just, I feel it. I found that in places like this, uh, this is where God will answer prayer. If you need prayer, the altars are open. If you feel led to give to that woman, Lonica, we got some baskets up here, and I just encourage you, I, I want to have everything that's up here go to her. So if you feel led to do that, because I felt the Lord on that, please do that. Come down for prayer if you need it. Um, we, we will catch you all next week. We love you very much, man. I would challenge you to invite somebody out and uh, could, really, could really, you know, use the love that you have to bring them to church. So love you much, man. God bless. We'll see you all next week.